Good morning, and welcome to worship with St. Matthew Lutheran Church this first Sunday in Lent. I am Pastor Eric Trazo, and it is a pleasure to have you with us. A couple of things before we get started. Um, we are having some technical difficulties with our camera, um, and so we're not able to change the focus. We only have this one shot, and so I will be conducting the entire worship from the altar today in order to be in the camera. So we thank you for your flexibility and bearing with us through these challenges. We are now in the season of Lent, and our theme for Lent this year is God Acts. And each week we will focus on a different way that God acts in our world and in our lives. And so our theme today is God Endures. So as we go through today, we will keep that theme in mind. Also for Wednesday night, for our midweek service on Zoom, we will have that same focus. I invite you, we will be using for this Lent um, Zoom conversation and, and short worship time, the Taking Faith Home inserts, the Caring Conversation will be our guide. And so I invite you, if you want to be prepared for what the questions are that we will be discussing, take a look at that Taking Faith Home insert. It's from your e-blast on this past Friday. With that, let us begin our worship. I invite you, if you have your burlap for our Lent, to wear that during our time of confession. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. God of mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Lord, 
Let us pray. Holy God, Heavenly Father, in the waters of the flood, you saved the chosen, and in the wilderness of temptation, you protected your Son from sin. Renew us in the gift of baptism. May your holy angels be with us, that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. It is now time for the children. Peace be with you. It is good to have you with us today. So we have our pieces of burlap. Many of you were here last week to get them. And so we were wearing them just now in our time of confession. And that's a big part of what we do in Lent is we have this time of confession. But we have it throughout the year too. And so I thought we would talk for a moment, what do we mean? Why do we have this time for confession? What does that word mean? And really, it's basically a way of saying sorry. And that's something that we all learn how to do, how to say sorry. But there are some different ways. In my house, we have a rule that when you apologize to someone, there are four parts to the apology, that we need to have all four parts to have a good apology. So those four parts are, first of all, I. When we apologize, it's not just that something happened or that someone might be upset. We're saying, I am sorry. And so we take responsibility. We say, I. So the first part of an apology is me, I. I am. That's part one. Part two of the apology is to say sorry. I am sorry. So we're apologizing, saying, I did something wrong, and I know that it hurt you, and so I am sorry for that. So I am sorry. Part three, that. I am sorry that. And then we have to say what it is that we did. So we're not just saying, oh, sorry for whatever might have bothered you, but I'm saying, I am sorry that I yelled at you. I am sorry that I took your things, whatever it is. So we say what it is that we did, so that we're acknowledging, I did something to you that upset you. So, I am sorry that. And the fourth part, is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to make this better? Is there something that you want from me to make it feel better because I know that I did something wrong? So those are the four parts of a good apology. I'm sorry, that, what can I do to help? That's how our household does it. So we have those four parts, and that's important with other people when we do something. In church, we confess, and we're talking to God. And the thing is, we have all those same parts. I'm sorry, that, but what are we going to do for God? The good news that we get is that what can I do to help? Jesus already did it for us. And so that's the grace that we get when we have our confession. So we say, I'm sorry, and then we hear the grace that Jesus already did the things to make it better. And so that's what we do in confession during our Lent, and that's what we're doing when we wear these pieces of burlap. Thank you so much. First reading is a reading from Genesis chapter 9. 
God said to Noah and to his sons with him, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Your paths, O Lord, are steadfast love and faithfulness. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Rather, let those be put to shame who are treacherous. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Your paths, O Lord, are steadfast love and faithfulness. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions, Remember me according to your steadfast love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. You are gracious and upright, O Lord. Therefore, you teach sinners in your way. Your paths, O Lord, are steadfast love and faithfulness. You lead the lowly in justice and teach the lowly your way. All your paths, O Lord, are steadfast love and faithfulness to those who keep your covenant 
and your testimonies. Your paths, O Lord, are steadfast love and faithfulness. The second reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 3. Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water. And baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust in your word. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust in God's word. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 1. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Claustrophobia, penned into a gopher wood cell, ostriches and oryx, pigs and mice, adding their distinctive odor. Nobody to talk to about the weather, alone and surrounded 
40 days, an eternity. Waters fall and remembrance of before washes away. Darkness falls on what once was. The troubled world is overcome. Yet within these fetid confines, there is life. Through the tumbles and rolls, trials and tumults, awaiting the break in the clouds, waiting for the sun to rise. That's a poem I wrote quite a few years ago now about Noah. It's not easy being Noah. Somehow we've gotten the idea that the story of Noah and the ark is like a Disney movie. And I admit that it's easy to turn it into a children's production in our minds. All these cute animals, a little bit of tension about everybody getting onto the ark before the waters rise, but we know that everything turns out just fine for everybody, except maybe the unicorns. And the biblical story probably is a bit cartoonish, embellished to make it a fun story to tell. But that doesn't mean that there are no deeper, deeper themes within it, as it were. There are themes found in the story of Noah that can speak to us today. It's not easy being Noah. His life was full of challenges, from being called upon to build the ark when everybody else probably thought he was crazy, to quite literally trying to herd cats onto a ship in the rain, to weathering the storm on the boat. What must it have been like on that ark? It had to have been cramped, and I doubt the food was any good. After all, fresh food was probably hard to come by, and it's not like you want to build a cooking fire on a wooden boat. Cramped as it was, though, the worst part must have been the loneliness. Virtually the whole world that you knew was gone, and the rains just would not stop. One day blurs into the next, even memories of the old world fade away, and the monotony of gray rain becomes the whole of reality. What was there to look forward to? What was there to hope for? Biblically, the theme of things happening for 40 days comes up frequently. It's not that that's an exact number. It signifies a time longer than you can keep track of in your head. It's a time just up to the edge of what you can endure without going past it. The rains came for 40 days and 40 nights. But that's just the part where the rain falls. The flood continued for another 150 days beyond that, according to Genesis. It's hard to piece together exactly how long everything is based on the text, but Noah endured being on the ark for probably about a year, all told. It's not easy being Noah. And Noah moments strike us all. We're at nearly the end of a year of enduring a Noah-like existence of social distancing, where time blurs together and memories of what was before begin to grow, grow dim and far off. What is there to look forward to? What is there to hope for? 
The monotony of daily life blurs the days together and becomes the whole of reality. And even before pandemic times, we were and continue to be flooded with an unending wave of details that isolate us from one another. Needing to take cell phone calls during lunch breaks, conducting multiple text conversations at once, dealing with maddening automated systems, navigating health insurance claim submissions, getting the computer audio to work for a FaceTime conversation, getting the camera to work for worship. We are overwhelmed with details. Even when modern technology makes things more convenient for us, it can isolate us from real person-to-person contact, from having the time to actually have real relationships. And the more accessible we are, the faster the response that is demanded of us. We grow to expect immediate responses to our texts, text messages and emails. We are flooded by communication and data and yet it makes us more alone. It's not easy being a Noah. Stuck in our automobile arcs, commuting to and fro, doing what is demanded of us, and yet having our days blur into a lonely reality. Whether confined to home or trying to manage all the details of life, it is hard to find time for real person-to-person contact of real relationships, times for remembering what we have to hope for in life. It's not easy being Noah's. And yet, Noah has a promise, and he holds on to that promise. He has a promise of the sun breaking through the clouds. He has a promise of a new world, a completely rejuvenated existence. He has a promise of new life and new relationships. He has the promise of a purpose. The rains will not last forever. The floods will subside. The sun will shine through the clouds again, breaking the monotony. The land will again be filled with life, and Noah has a role to play in this regeneration. In the specific part of the Noah story that we have in our first reading today, Noah and his sons are promised that the world would never again be destroyed by flood. But this promise is possible for Noah because of his trust in God's earlier promises. Noah trusted God by building the ark, and then by trusting God's promise that the rains would end, that the waters would subside, that he could rebuild his life. And so moving into this new creation, Noah's relationship with God is growing and deepening as God's faithfulness is demonstrated again and again. God's promises endure, even through dismal times and times of seemingly endless struggle, God endures, making a way where there seems to be no way God's faithfulness endures forever. God's new creation is truly a wonderful thing. For Noah, it was his trust in the promise of the new creation that brought him through the lonely gray monotony 
of his eternity on the ark. And we too have a promise, a promise of new creation. In Christ, all things are made new. In this new creation, all life is made new. All sorrow overcome, all loneliness bridged. We are not surrounded and yet alone, but rather surrounded and connected. We of this community are promised people, a people founded on the promise that God's word endures and that we will endure in Christ. We celebrate this promise together, bridging the gaps of loneliness by reaching out to one another in genuine care and fellowship that can help us to endure all manners of struggles. Even when we cannot do it physically, we now have found ways and are finding new ways to do it virtually. We have a purpose in reminding one another and the world of the promise of sustained life that we know in Christ. And so we participate in the regeneration of this world as we recognize our connectedness with one another and with this earth that God has made, a connectedness that endures the strongest challenges that will be reborn as this world, as we begin to reconnect in coming months. We can endure because we trust in God's promise to us, just as Noah did. We know that it can seem at times impossible to believe the promise of hope could really be true, because all we see is the evidence against us. It's not easy being Noah. But we know that Noah had faith in the promise that the sun would rise again, and it did. And we, too, have faith in God's promise that Christ, the Son, will rise again, and He will. So let's return to that poem to imagine again what it was like to be on that ark, to trust in God's promise, to have faith that endures. Claustrophobia. Penned into a gopher wood cell. Ostriches and oryx pigs and mice, adding their distinctive odor. Nobody to even talk about the weather, alone and surrounded. Forty days, an eternity. Waters fall and remembrance of before washes away. Darkness falls on what once was. The troubled world is overcome. Yet within these fetid confines, there is life. Through the tumbles and the rolls, trials and tumults, awaiting the break in the clouds, waiting for the sun to rise. Amen.
Let us join together in confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Relying on the promises of God, we pray boldly for the church, the world, and all in need. We pray that in this season of Lent, we may quiet our hearts and open our senses to the ways that God acts in our lives and the ways that God calls us forth to act in response. We give thanks for those who respond to the call to love by giving of their lives in service of others. We lift up those who are lonely and isolated and need to feel God's action in their lives more fully. We pray for the scattered church that it may be held together in Christ's love until we can return to our common life in physical form. In all these things, we look to the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts and lives, that we may be moved to act in faith. In Jesus, your realm has come near to us in every place and time. Give your church throughout the world a spirit of humility and repentance. Teach us to trust always in the good news of your salvation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You have made a covenant of mercy with every living creature. Protect all the earth's creatures from destruction. Empower the work of biologists, conservationists, and science educators. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. All your paths are steadfast love and faithfulness. Direct the words and actions of leaders in our community and throughout the world that they may maintain justice for the lowly. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Even in the wilderness, you are with us. Walk alongside migrants and refugees crossing dangerous lands. Tend to those whose lives feel desolate. Give healing and strength to all who suffer, especially Mike, Denise, Skip, Tom, Anita, Susan, Laura, Arthur, Chad, Jen, and Sebastian, and Annette. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. For those who are lonely, isolated, or homebound, we pray for all of those who need to sense your presence with them, especially Nancy Beth, Dallas, Marge, Karen, Paul, John, Janet, Avis, Alexis, Dave, Chris, Elise, Patricia, and Willie. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. 
In the covenant of baptism, you claim us as beloved children. Nurture us in our baptismal identity and teach us to live within it for the sake of others. Strengthen this congregation's ministries of care and concern as we pray especially for Andrew, Bob, Rebecca, Jake and Jenna, John and Jackie. Bless them and protect them. Help them to know your continual presence in their lives and lift them up through the bonds of Christian fellowship through this congregation. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. In baptism, you join us to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We praise you for all those who have died, trusting in your faithfulness. Bring us with them to the fullness of your reign. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We entrust ourselves and all of our prayers to you, O faithful God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us share signs of that peace. And God's peace to you. Once again, welcome to live stream worship from St. Matthew Lutheran Church. We hope you find this worship service to be a meaningful experience and you'll continue to join us. And thanks again for your flexibility with our camera issues. In case you were not able to drive in for Holy Communion last week, packs of burlap reminding us of sackcloth and Lenten penitence are available in the blue plastic bin at the front door. You can pick them up at your convenience. Also, Pastor Eric is providing evening Lenten worship via Zoom at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday beginning this week and continuing through March 24th. And this morning, tune into the Adult Forum where Peggy will share the topic, Love, How Our Generosity Reaches Across the World. We're hoping to have a special guest, Pastor Kristen Engstrom, the Young Adult and Global Mission Country Coordinator for Senegal, West Africa. So tune in to learn more about this. Also, the Fellowship and Congregation Care Ministry has scheduled another time via Zoom for Saturday Evening Fellowship, February 27th at 7 p.m. Dessert plus show and tell. Sounds interesting. And finally, on Sunday morning, that's next Sunday, February 28th, during the Zoom coffee hour, our newly trained Stephen ministers will be commissioned. So tune in to meet and greet them. Thank you. Let us pray. Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, the eyes of all wait upon you and you open your hand in blessing. Fill us with your spirit, that we may share of the good you have given us and come to the help of all in need, through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you.